This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. IKEA is expanding their presence in the smart home market. The company is introducing sensors that can offer insight on security issues around the house. The sensors are meant to be affordable at about $10 each. Mark Aflalo is going to offer a bit more perspective on the technology. Mark is the host of Access Tech Live, which you can find Thursdays, noon Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hey, good morning, Mark. Good morning, Dave. I got to ask you a quick question before we even get into this. You ever watch a TV show and you like people are talking about something and you just want to get a word in edgewise? That's exactly how I felt when you and Brock were talking about smart home stuff, sitting here waiting to go on. I'm like, I need to get involved in this conversation. <laughs> but Mark, there are bills to pay, so you've got to do the commercial break first. That's what keeps us living our <laughs> lavish lifestyles of uh, me eating too many tater tots. Uh, Mark, <laughs> let's uh, jump specifically into the IKEA side of this conversation. A full confession on my end, I didn't know IKEA was particularly involved on the smart home side of things. I thought it was more of the big tech companies, but these sensors individually, what kind of information are they collecting and communicating? So they're launching a line of three sensors. There's a door uh, door window open-close sensor that does exactly what you'd expect it to do. It detects when you open and close a door. It's just a magnetic little contact that when something changes, it alerts you that that door or window has changed. There's a water leak sensor. These are always great to have oh, in yeah. bathrooms or places that you know that if it gets too far, I did this before I went to Miami last week, I put one near a certain bathroom. And I said, if it, water hits this point, we're just we, we have very limited time to, uh, to save the situation. So I put one out there. Um, and uh, as what does the water uh, on the motion sensor? So a motion sensor, obviously, you know, what a motion sensor is when someone walks by it, or some kind of dex kind of motion, it will uh, trigger any kind of alert that something's going on there. Yeah, so well, all that... pretty good. And, and, you know, the, the, the regular stuff, you know, they used to have blinds and they have chargers and light bulbs, but this is the first time they're really getting into the sensor side of things. Yeah, it's it's thinking more broadly beyond sort of like you say, appliances exactly. or small appliances, but thinking about truly, like, again, I use the word security, right? I, like I think about a yeah. leak as a security issue, uh, even though exactly. it's not someone robbing your house, it is someone destroying your things. Well, these are the basics of a home security system, right? Yeah. You protect your doors, your windows, uh, emotion if someone comes in. And, of course, water breaking, that's just, you know, so, you know oh, gosh. peace of mind. <laughs> I, 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 I autobiographically had that happen three times to me over the course of 12 months, <laughs> and I was not a happy boy. Uh, Mark, when I think about these sensors, right, the way they're yeah. laid out and described, I say, okay, that's the use case. It makes total sense. But y you're cooking up something in your mind about how they could be used in an unconventional way. Well, you see, you know, the sensors are the gateway, the gateway drug into the automation side of things. And every platform now has some kind of automation support, whether it's your Echoes, your HomeKits, your Googles, et cetera, et cetera. There's ways because of these sensors that now exist at a very affordable rate. I mean, $10 is 
pretty much unheard of, to be perfectly honest. They're normally about $60, $70. Mm. And if you talk about equipping a whole home and trying to really do automation, that gets cost prohibitive, right? But now at $10 a piece, you can really have some fun with this kind of stuff. And then some, you can have basic fun. So for example, you know, if a door opens, open the light that is as close to the door as possible. If motion is detected in a hallway, you know, turn on the light in the hallway and you can do that kind of stuff. Mm. I like taking things a couple steps further, you know? I like doing things like when motion is not detected after 7 p.m. in this particular room, shut down the main floor. So I'm taking it a step further where I'm oh, saying I know that my kids forget the lights on, right? So this is an opportunity for me to say, hey, no one has to run downstairs, turn the lights off and figure it out. We can take advantage of what these sensors do and don't detect and when they do and don't detect that to trigger new kind of automations. Um, so you can have a lot of fun with this kind of stuff, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, a window is left open. So after 5 p.m., you want to get notified that that window is still open. A back door, you know, your, your kids oh, are running yeah. on the yeah. and the door is not closed. You can even put them outside some of these sensors, not these particular ones from Ikea, but there are some, uh, uh, you know, higher class ones that work outside. Philips Hue makes these great ones. So if, you know, animals are detected in your yard, you can have a big floodlight turn on. Uh, I mean, and... and they're going to go further. They're going to have things like temperature sensors too. And that gets you into a whole new class of automations. For example, you can have a temperature sensor outside that says when the temperature drops below a certain um, you know, degree. And by the way, you don't even have to have the temperature sensor. You can tie things in to things online. So when the weather is detected in your area to drop below two degrees Celsius, for example, turn on the heated mats that are outside my house or raise oh the gosh. temperature in the oh house. Oh my gosh. There are so many things <laughs> you can do. And then you start thinking about accessibility. Think about somebody who takes five minutes to get to the front door. And then you start thinking about, okay, doorbell rings, turn a light on so I know that it's there, that someone's at the door, flicker the light. Maybe place a sound through a speaker when the doorbell rings or announce somebody. Um, or, you know, oven left on or someone's in this room. There's so many things you can do. And really your brain is the only thing that's going to limit you as to, you know, what you can and can't do or ideas that you'll come up with. Mark, I think the synapses going through your mind right now have actually changed the color of your forehead. Like that, I, I uh -oh. cannot believe the brainstorming that just occurred right there. That was that was like some uh, Einstein level stuff right there. Theory of relativity kind of stuff going on. Well, this is where uh, it gets fun day, right? This is where it gets beyond just, oh, I'm buying an accessory. This is like, okay, what can we do with this now? What can we actually play with, whether it's for accessibility or utility uh, versus fun? You know, there's so many things you can do. And, and like you said, that leads back to the price point. Now, again, $10 yeah. is not nothing once you've bought 10 or 12 or 13 of these things. But the idea of putting 10 or 12 or 13 of these things around a house means you've created quite a bit of coverage because of that price point. Well, think about it this way. You know, a modern day um, door window sensor was about $50, $60. Yeah. So yeah. you can now get six of those and cover more than a small apartment, most small homes with under under $100. So that's pretty, pretty cool. And the fact that we are getting into a point in time in the technology where it doesn't matter what speaker you have, it doesn't matter what technology you use, because everything's slowly becoming cross compatible. Yes, again, newer items are becoming cross compatible. These items will be one of those items because they have matter and thread in them, which is a conversation for another day, but allows them <laughs> to be cross compatible with other devices means that you can not have to worry, oh, is this not going to work with my Echo? Is it going to work with my home? Is it going to work with my phone, Android? You don't have to worry about that kind of stuff anymore. So so it does get 
really exciting on both the playing aspect of it and also the utility aspect of it. Mark, you mentioned before that IKEA does have a little bit of presence in the smart home market prior to this. As I mentioned, it was a bit of a surprise to me. I always thought of it more mm -hmm. as the big tech players in this space. How does this fit into I IKEA's overall presence in the smart home market? And, and if I was to really get you to editorialize here, coming back to this price point, if you start getting these entrees into the smart home market, would that potentially increase IKEA's presence in overall market share? Because once somebody buys a couple mm -hmm. of these centers, sensors, if they don't already have a hub, maybe they're just going to pick up the IKEA hub at the same time. I think IKEA is going after the consumer that's already in the store and, and will then realize, wait a second, they do, they're they doing a little bit more than just this furniture that I'm never going to be able to move again because it will fall apart. <laughs> um, and, and, and you know, they started with smart blind. Actually, I think it was smart bulb first. And then they went to smart blinds. I actually have one in my office here that I never use, by the way. Um, smart <laughs> blinds. And now they have the sensors. So now they've really kind of completed that evolutionary circle of being able to now trigger and use their other products, right? Um, the price point is really, quite honestly, unheard of. But given IKEA's footprint and how they are truly a global company that has incredible mass manufacturing, I'm not surprised. I haven't used these yet, so I can't tell you, are they the right, best in the right. world? You know, um, how long does the battery last? Because they do run on batteries and you have to change that kind of stuff. But I can tell you that, you know, from my alarm system experience, you know, I've got a lot of wireless stuff in my house, just in the alarm system. I don't think I've changed the battery once in six years. Yeah. So um, in terms of IKEA itself, market share, they're not known as a smart home company, but they're known as a home company. Yes. Right? Yes. Home furnishings. So the smart part just makes sense. That's it. And if you're walking through those aisles and you start seeing this kind of stuff for $10 a sensor, you'll throw that in the basket. That's almost worthy to be next to the the uh, the gum at the end of the aisle. Yeah. That's, you know, those, <laughs> it really is. I mean, at $10, you're like, you know what? I'll get some Tic Tacs and a window sensor. Yeah, if you're already buying a, a $30 lamp and a $10,000 IKEA prefab kitchen, what's uh, $10 yeah. for a couple sensors and yeah, $80, throw, throw $80 sensor. for the hub itself? Uh, Mark, I mean, throw a sensor in a drawer. You open the drawer and an LED light goes on. <laughs> Mark, yeah, there you go. I, I didn't realize that this Pandora's box was going to get you so chatty. You're a chatty guy by nature, but I didn't know this was the Pandora's <laughs> box that was really going to get you going. Uh, can't talk to you any longer, though, because you have to start preparing for okay, today's fine. episode of Access Tech Live, which hits the airwaves on AMI-TV at noon Eastern. You've yep. got me popping by for a couple minutes today, but what else do there you have lined up? <laughs> um, Arja Shepard is going to be by to talk about her gift guide. Derek Lackey is going to be talking about diabetes and accessibility. And, of course, we're going to be overall just talking about International Day of Persons with Disabilities, which is this weekend. So uh, all that coming up, including Dave Brown today. Yeah, including Dave Brown. Uh, I, I deliberately ate lots of carbohydrates last night just to prepare myself for this technology talk. Mark, thank you for this. That. Talk to you in about uh, 95 minutes. Thanks, Dave. That's Marco Flolo. He's the co-host of Access Tech Live. You can find the show Thursdays at noon Eastern time on AMI-TV. You can find The Pulse on AMI-audio on the weekends. This weekend, Joita Gupta is going to be chatting about aging and disability with Anne Leahy, a researcher at Maynooth University in Ireland. You can find The Pulse weekends at 2 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-audio or on all major podcasting platforms. Coming up next...
The Holdovers is a holiday movie that's been garnering quite a few positive reviews. Entertainment critic Michael McNeely will give you his thoughts on the film. But first, here is the Paris Sport Update with Greg Westlake. Hello and welcome back to the Paris Sport Update, produced in cooperation with the Canadian Paralympic Committee. I'm Greg Westlake. The 2023 Para Pan Am Games wrapped up in Santiago, Chile on Sunday. Team Canada finished the event with 52 medals, 9 gold, 15 silver, and 28 bronze. Closing ceremony flag bearer Alison Levine captured two golds in Chile, one for her BC4 singles victory and one in Paris. With their win, Levine and partner Ulian Siobanu clinched a quota spot for Canada in Baccia, BC4 Paris for Paris 2024. Also punching their ticket, the Canadian women's goalball team secured the gold and a berth at next summer's Paralympics. Unfortunately, three Canadian teams who had hoped to secure their own spot for Paris will now have to play in a last chance qualifying tournament in 2024. The wheelchair rugby team, the women's wheelchair basketball team, and the men's wheelchair basketball team still have some work to do. 13 Canadians are coming home from the games with multiple medals. Leading the way was paracyclist Alex Hayward with four medals and para swimmer Tyson McDonald who won three. And that's our time for this edition of the Parasport Update presented by AMI-audio. Check back next week for more news from the world of adaptive sports. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.